You know what? I was going to start today by being funny. I realise, if you know us, by the way, I'm not that funny. Clive is very funny, so I don't really feel the need to be funny as well. Um, and then, also, it just felt this morning like the Spirit of God was here just in a really tangible way, and it's kind of undone me a little bit. So forget the funny. I'm not going to bother with that. just going to go right into it. Obviously, we're going to carry on with our series of looking at God in the ordinary, and today we're going to be looking at friendship. Um, And I want to start just by reiterating what's been said in previous weeks about, please don't think that because now we're looking at everyday life stuff, that it doesn't involve God or the Holy Spirit, because nothing could be further from the truth. And actually, the Bible says that we were made for relationship. Right from the beginning, we were made for relationship with God and with each other. So... This is such, such a thing of, of God being in the very center of all of this. And, and relationship is God's plan. And actually, sometimes we talk about that in terms of marriage. And, that, and whilst that's true, it's not the full picture. Um, and, and we are called to be the body of Christ together, to fellowship with each other and to encourage each other. So I just wanted to start this morning by praying. So let's do that. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a God who is interested and involved in every single part of our lives. Lord, we thank you that you made us to be in relationship with you and with each other, Lord Jesus. And I, I just pray that you will be with us this morning as we talk about what that means and what that looks like in our lives and, and what, what friendship is as you would see it compared to what the world sometimes says to us. And so, Lord, I just pray for open hearts this morning, Lord. Would you open our hearts and would you be with us by your spirit that you would lead us forward and teach us what you would have us, have us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I don't have any quotes from The Guardian or anything like that. I realized that as well when I started preparing. I was like, I'm not sure how highbrow this is. But anyway, um, the UK retail chain Topshop, that's kind of, let's find my level, commissioned a survey into its key customer demographic, which is known as Generation Y for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, but it's people born um, between about 81 and early 2000s, in case you're interested. I'm not really in that bracket, so never mind. Um, but anyway, they interviewed 800 people, and the results came back, and they were so surprised by them, they interviewed another 800 people and got the same results. And actually, the results gave this alarming picture of an increasingly lost and lonely generation. More people live alone than at any other point in our recorded social history. That's just shocking. More people live alone than ever in history. This is even more shocking. The average Facebook usage for Generation Y is six and a half hours a day. And that's the average. Six and a half hours a day. And actually, a lot of the people interviewed considered work to be something they fitted in between Facebook and lunch, which is quite frightening, really. But actually, whilst people have an increasing number of friends, and I don't really like this, but it seems appropriate, there's this massive sense of loneliness. Because the reality is that social media can't replace genuine face-to-face friendship. And yet, Many people now spend so much time on social media that they don't really have time for face-to-face friendship. 
And this morning we're going to talk about ways to choose and to be a good friend. And you might think that's fairly obvious, and, and a lot of it will be when we start talking about it. You think that's obvious. But actually, what we know in theory and how we live our lives and build friendships obviously, two very different things. So, we're going to start by looking at five common pitfalls of friendship. Look, that's great, isn't it? Thanks. <laughs> I don't really do techie stuff. I just sent it to those guys. So the first one is making your friendships based on external appearances. So right from the start, you would go, that is obviously a bad idea. And we would all know that. But sometimes we do tend to choose our friends because they kind of look cool or attractive or they seem like that would be a good friend even though we know that that doesn't make any sense. The world gives us that kind of picture of advertising of all these cool people. Aren't they amazing friends? And, um, but actually, we know that real friendship looks at the heart, not just the packaging. And actually, we need to be real about how we, we look at others. So not just how they look physically, but how we look at their lives. Because one of the dangers is that we can look at someone's life and judge everything about them on what they seem like. And again, social media is so unhelpful for that because it gives us this photoshopped version of life. And I know personally, I've been on Facebook countless times and kind of looked at something that someone's doing that looks amazing and thought, ah, oh, I wish I was doing that. I wish, oh, you feel left out. But when you talk to the person, it was nothing like that. And so this is something that we didn't used to have, is this, this kind of fake version of people's lives. And often we'll, we'll judge people on that. We'll go, well, look, they'd be an amazing friends because look at all the cool stuff they do all the time. And they always look amazing. And they look how great they are with their kids. Because this is a problem, isn't it? No one ever puts on Facebook, oh, today's rubbish. My kids aren't listening. I can't even get them house without their clothes on. It's just, no one ever puts that, do they? Maybe we should. I don't know. But people go, Oh, look at my beautiful children and how well-behaved they are. And I did it the other day, put a nice picture of Maya. She just got a good school report. If her school report had been rubbish, I'm not so sure I would have put it on so quickly. <laughs> and the picture of her was really cute, and she looked like butter wouldn't melt in her, melt in her mouth. But if you know Maya, well, it's, sometimes she's like that, and sometimes no. But we don't put the other side on, do we? So often, we're making relationships on what we think people are about and what we think their lives are like. And so often, people have said to Clive and I about, I think people think we get up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday and pray, and it's all calm. And we're like, really? Like, actually, we're rushing out the house, shouting, come on, kids, get out the house. I, I can't remember the last time we had, Oh, we did have a tranquil Sunday morning. The kids were away. That's great. <laughs> but apart from that, it's not what our lives always look like, is it? And sometimes we base our friendships on something that isn't really real. So that's the first one. The second one is gossiping and or not being trustworthy. Again, it sounds quite obvious. Who wants to be friends with someone who's going to gossip about them or isn't, can't really be trusted? But sometimes we get into conversations with other people about someone else and that doesn't feel like it's so bad as someone else talking about you. 
But the truth is, you see this person that you're talking with someone else about, if they're willing to talk about other friends to you, there's a good chance that they're willing to talk to other people about you. And I remember that. I remember about a year ago being with someone who, I know, it's hard, isn't it? Because you would say a friend, and I'm like, actually... In this, we were just at this event and she just started talking to me really personal stuff about someone that we know. And I just had that moment where you think, wow, firstly, I'm really uncomfortable. I don't want to know this stuff. And secondly, I don't know you that well. And if you're willing to tell me this stuff about that person, I must never tell you anything about me because you can guarantee you're going to tell everybody else. And actually, that was a real moment for me where I quickly moved the conversation on. And just, but once you've heard it, you've heard it. And, and sometimes people build friendships by, I will tr- entrust this to you. So you think, wow, I must, you must really like me. I must be a really valued friend. But let's not be naive enough to think that they're not doing the same with someone else, with something you've told them. So that's, that's another one I think we have to be so careful with. A third one is have lots of friends, the more the better. And I think, um, again, this is a bit of a, uh, um, it's encouraged by social media and it's a bit of a, oh, look how many friends I have. We, we have this with some of the guys who, who, who we've taught over the years or some of the people that we know through the kids, just how many friends do I have on Facebook? Like that's a a thing. How many friends do you have? And like, do you actually know all of those people? Because that's quite a lot of people. Who's this person? We've said that before. To, Clive's got two older boys. and said to one of them, this person lives in Sweden. Do you know them? <laughs> they don't. They've never met them before in their life. But they do have that many friends. And um, the thing is, quite a lot of parts of our lives will encourage large circles of friends. So the school gate and the office, and social things like sports clubs and things like that, and even church. And actually, it can create quite a lot of surface friendships. And there's nothing wrong with that in itself, but there's more depth needed, isn't there? Because actually, if all you have is a lot of surface friends, who do you talk to when you start to struggle, when life feels hard? Because if you've got all these surface friends, the danger is, even in church on a Sunday morning when you walk in the door and someone goes, hi, how are you? And you go, fine, thanks. And I've done it so many times. Because you might know that person to say hi to, but you don't necessarily know them. You don't necessarily want to walk in and go, thanks for asking. Things are terrible. But we need to have those people, don't we? And actually, that's such a blessing that we have in this church, the, the idea and how it works of small groups, because that's the whole point, isn't it? Is that we have people here and we might see them week to week, but in our small groups, we have people that we can pray with and get to know better. And there's that deeper level of intimacy. And actually, Jesus models that so well for us in the Bible by having all these people that he deals with all of the time and 12 disciples and three very close friends. And one beloved friend. And that's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't have to look like that. But the model is we can't have loads and loads of friends that we are on that deeper level with. It's, it's hard. Okay. So next one. 
Number four, assumption. And I wanted to include this because it's one of those things that friendships get knocked by us assuming what's going on with the other person. So we assume what they're feeling and thinking, and we respond based on what we've assumed. We assume that if they haven't been in touch with us, either we've done something wrong, or they must be too busy, or they've got other friends, or actually, in friendship, it's important for it to be a two-way street, and for us to initiate as much as the other person does. And it's easy to assume that others have lots of friends and are totally sorted. And you think, well, I'm not going to initiate friendship with that person. Because that person, it comes back to the first one, look, they've got loads of friends, look, they're fine. They seem like they don't need any more, so I won't initiate that. <clears throat> but we don't actually know, do we? And I know that people have said to me before, you could never understand what it's like to struggle with friendships. However, if you know me, it's actually one of the things I have struggled with hugely over the years. And Clive and I have quite public jobs. And because of that, we know loads of people. And there's been times in the past where we thought some of those people are our friends, proper friends. And then we don't work with them anymore. They leave and then we never see them again. It's not friendship. And so actually assuming that people are all sorted and have their friendships sorted isn't always true to life. So final pitfall. And this is the biggest one to me. Making your friends your all in all. Making your friends everything. And again, I think the world says this to us, that friendship is everything. People aren't our possessions. That's the first thing, isn't it? So we, we get into these friendships, particularly people who are in best friendships. Like, this is my best friend. And you begin to mistakenly feel like you own that person. There's a part of that person that belongs to you. And so then, if they get other friends, insecurity starts to come up. And you start to feel a bit, wow, actually, that's my friend. And actually, we won't always have best friends. And if we do, it might be for seasons. It won't always be a lifelong thing. But here's the truth. People will always let you down. And it sounds like a really blunt and negative thing to say, but they will, because they're people. We will always let other people down. Actually, what we're called to do is look to God. He is always faithful and can always be relied upon. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, Clive and I were due to, to go to a conference with church. It's a conference we wanted to go to for years, and um, we were really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And then the girls got sick. It's terrible timing, very thoughtless of them. Um, and then we got sick as well. I think at that point I was still planning to go, but anyway, we couldn't go. But at the same time, I was really struggling with friendships as well, just really struggling with that whole process of having those deep relationships and friendships. And I was kind of praying this all through with God. 
And um, whilst Clive was very helpfully saying, oh, it's a good thing because God's really working in your life. And I was like, thanks. Because, you know, when God's working, you know he is, but sometimes it's not fun. Like, it didn't feel fun. And I remember really praying it through and clearly hearing God say, am I enough? So my response was, yes, but (laughs) I really wanted to go to the conference and I really want some deeper friends and then it will come again, am I enough? And I go, yeah, but, and eventually, and literally this took a few weeks, I got to the point of saying, yes, Lord, you are. And sometimes that's what it takes, isn't it? That actually there's nothing wrong with us wanting friendships. And like I said earlier, we're made for relationship. God's made us for friendship. But actually, God has to be enough on his own. And then all the other stuff follows that. He is our truest and most faithful friend and our strength comes from him. So let's look at the five wise ways to choose or be a good friend. First of all, build each other up. Proverbs 27:17 says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." And again, it's a bit of a stark look at our friendships, really. I was doing this while I was prepping. I was kind of looking at my friendships going, "Ooh, does that do that? I'm not really sure. Does this person bring out the best in you? And do you bring out the best in them? Because sometimes that's not true, is it? You might like hanging out with that person, but when you get together, you might drink too much, or your language might deteriorate where it shouldn't, or you might start to gossip about other people, and actually you're fine, but when you get together, it's not healthy. Are you drawing each other closer to God? Has your friendship moved on and grown? Grown, grown. Anyway, um, <laughs> Clive picks me up on how I say things. It's okay. Um, but actually, we need to look. Are we building each other up? Are we encouraging each other? Are we moving towards God together? And if not, what is the value of that friendship? So that's the first one. Number two is be honest, even when it's hard. Proverbs 27.6 says, The wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And there's another translation that says, The wounds of a friend are faithful. And um, if you know me at all, you know that I'm pretty much unfailingly honest. Sometimes I miss the bit with with the compassion and kindness, but I am quite honest. But actually, I would take truth with love and compassion over empty flattery any day. Because anyone can tell you what you want to hear. But what if you're behaving in a way that you shouldn't? What if you're involved in stuff you shouldn't be or the way you're treating your spouse is not right? If our friends won't tell us, if they won't be truthful with us, then who will? And that's the body of Christ, isn't it? It's not just a bunch of people giving each other a pat on the back, telling them how great they look and how great they're doing, when really inside you're going, oh, I don't know. Actually, we're, we're to be honest with love and compassion and kindness, but honest. Number three, be loyal, faithful, and consistent. 
Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You don't want friends that are there one minute and not the next. Like, actually, you turn to them because you're struggling and they've gone. You don't want to be a friend like that. Actually, we can't be there 24 hours a day. We shouldn't need to be. That's what we were saying about our hope and our trust being in Jesus. But at the same time, we want to be someone who's reliable and who can be trusted who's discreet, who isn't that person who will go and talk to someone else about everything you've told them. So we want to be faithful, consistent. Number four, be willing to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a tough one, isn't it? Because actually it's quite short and it sounds quite easy, be willing to forgive. And you go, oh yeah, I'll forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yeah, that sounds fine. Well, the truth is, we don't always feel like forgiving people, do we? Actually, they, they might not even be asking for your forgiveness. And you think, actually, I don't really feel like forgiving them. But remember, the scripture says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So for whatever you need to forgive someone for, it's going to be minute in comparison to what God has forgiven us for. And God's heart is love and forgiveness. And so we get to demonstrate the heart of God to other people by how we treat them and how we behave. So be willing to forgive and be quick to forgive. The last one. Be selfless and invest in the friendship. 1 John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. And this is the kind of fundamental principle of it all. We know that we are loved by Jesus, and so we're able to love others. And it's entirely countercultural to what the world says. The world says me first. And that's what Nick and Morty were talking about the other day in marriage. And it's the same principle sometimes. How can you serve me? How can you be a better friend to me? What do I need? But as far as God's concerned, that's approaching friendship completely the wrong way around. Actually, how can we bless others? How can we be a blessing to people? How can we serve our friends? We get to go to God for the things that we really need. And then offer them to other people. And Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so when we return right to the start, what we are talking about at the beginning, we want to keep God at the center of our friendships. And then we know that they'll be strong and they'll be focused in the right direction and they don't get lost in a load of rubbish that doesn't really matter. So we want to build each other up be honest, be loyal, faithful, and consistent. Be willing to forgive. Be selfless and invest in the friendship. So let's just finish with a couple of practical steps because you might go, that sounds great, good idea, but I don't have any friends. Or I've got some friends and actually our, our friendship is terrible. So what do we do? The first thing we do is what the Bible says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So first, we get right with God. 
Because we don't really have anything to offer to friendship or to anybody else if we're not right with God, do we? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's always the starting point. The second thing is seek God in prayer and ask for genuine friendships. Don't think you can't pray about this stuff. Actually, when we're struggling with friendships or seeking friendships, the starting place is God, is prayer for friendships. God wants us to be in relationship with each other. And so the Bible says you do not have because you do not ask God. So let's ask God for the things that we desire in our hearts. And particularly when it's things like relationship, God's going to bless us with those things when we seek him, but at the right time and in the right way. And the third and final thing is approach other people, initiate friendship. Don't be that person who just sits there saying, I'm really lonely, I don't have any friends, I need to sit here and wait for some friends to come. That's not how friendship works. And if you're lonely and struggling, you can guarantee someone else's as well. So initiate that friendship with people. So I just want to finish before we pray by saying that if there's anything today that has struck a chord, either in this bit or earlier, there's plenty of people here who would love to pray with you. So please don't leave today without being prayed for, without talking to somebody. So I'm going to pray and then just invite you up the front for prayer if you would like to. So, oh, should we stand? Because I won't be on my own then. (laughs) Yeah, Father God, we just thank you that you love us so much and that our first and most valuable friendship is with you. Lord, help us to start there. That that will be our starting place, that we would seek you out. And if, if as we stand here now in our hearts, we think that friendship isn't right or I need to spend more time with Jesus, let, let that be our starting point. And I just want to pray for relationships right across the body, Lord, with others in this room and with people outside of this room, Lord God. I just pray that you would speak truth into our hearts today, Lord, that you would help us develop those relationships and friendships that are valuable in our walk with you, Lord God, that are valuable in our lives. And Lord, I just want to pray that you would disperse those that aren't, those that would do us harm or drag us down or pull us further away from you, Lord. I want to pray in the name of Jesus that those would be dispersed and that they wouldn't be friendships that would continue in our lives. Lord, I want to pray your blessing upon everybody here today, just that you would speak truth into their hearts, that as they leave today, they would leave with the peace of God in their heart, Lord Jesus. And just pray your blessing upon each one of us in your precious name. Amen. Amen.